Welcome to the For The Girl podcast. Join best friends Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker from Delight Ministries as they talk about all things relationships, faith, and, well, girls. This podcast is for the girl expectant for her future, for the girl who is ready to grow, and for the girl who needs some honest answers. Get ready, because this is for you. Hey everybody, Ken's and Mac here. Wow, you really changed it up there. No, I know. I thought maybe I'd try it. Feels good to be in the front seat. I don't think I like it. I think (laughs) I'm going to go back to the use. All right, everybody, Mac and Ken's here. Welcome back to the For the Girl podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode. We have one of our amazing friends who is going to share all about being the cautious. Her name is Hunter Wade, and Hunter is actually one one of our Delight Regional Directors. Yes, she's living over there on the West Coast and is not quite a Cali girl, but learning to be a Cali girl. (laughs) We love Hunter. She was also a team director for Delight at her campus and absolutely killed it. She's kind of type A. She's a one on the Enneagram. You're perfectionist. She's also hilarious. We think you're going to love this episode. Yes, I love to follow Hunter on Instagram. She posts these like, you know, six or seven Insta stories of her talking about some random subject and they're just so funny. She's super honest and vulnerable on the gram and I know she'll do it on our episode today. So we're pumped to have her. She's calling in from California. So let's jump into it. Actually, before we jump into it, I think we should tell them a little bit more about the cautious. Don't you think? Yes. We're going to give you a full profile of the cautious, their tendencies. So let's do it. The cautious is your quintessential good girl. She didn't go to the parties in high school. She was active in her youth group and probably didn't have her first kiss until college or quite possibly she's still waiting. She is a total girl's girl and can't keep her cool around any form of the male species. She's sweet, kind, and you don't have to worry about her stealing your man. The cautious will end up with Mr. Amazing. It might just take her a little longer to get there. To put it simply, the cautious is scared of relationships. The cautious often lets fear get the best of her. She probably didn't date in high school, didn't date in college, and now her history of inexperience has convinced her that she may never find anyone at all. She's timid around guys because she believes the lie that guys just must not like her. She hides herself, her best qualities, and her entire personality to avoid being rejected or embarrassed. When everyone else is talking about their relationships, she clams up and hopes that nobody notices that she has nothing to add. Exposing her inexperience is one of her most dreaded moments. The cautious has a really intimate relationship with Jesus, but also avoids sharing her true desires for a relationship. She fears that God doesn't have that in his plans for her and doesn't want that to get in the way of her trust in him. There are a few tendencies that really mark a cautious. The first is that she often struggles with her self-image. This means that she often just wonders if a guy is going to think she's pretty enough. Next up, the cautious is usually afraid of the unknown in physical intimacy. It's typically because of their lack of experience. They kind of paint worst case scenarios in their mind and that just all seems scary and freaky and so they avoid it at all costs. Ah, the next is that she lets her insecurities keep her from pursuing relationships. This means that the idea of being in a relationship 
means that she's going to have to like let them in on all of her like scary, insecure thoughts. And that keeps her from doing it at all. Next up, she typically feels nervous around guys. She gets clammy. Her words get messed up and she just can't be herself around guys, especially cute guys. The last is that she hides from others her desire to be loved. So the cautious really does want to be in a relationship, but she's kind of shy about that. She doesn't want her friends to know. She doesn't want guys to know. She sort of just keeps it to herself. There is so much more to learn about the cautious. So get ready and let's do this. Hello, Hunter. How are you? I'm so good. How are you guys doing today? We're so good. We're really excited that we're talking to you. I love this because it feels like home, familiar, just chatting with a best friend. It so does. (laughs) I know. I've known you guys a minute now, back when I was a little freshie. That is so true. You were a freshman when we were seniors. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Okay, well, we want to jump right in. And our first question for you, Hunter is not really a question actually, but we want you to share with us a little bit of your dating history. (laughs) All right. You know, I was talking about this with a friend the other day and I realized, you know, I did a lot of like middle school dating. I did. I had my pink flip phone. That was essentially all of it. And then dated like a little (laughs) bit in high school, like a couple guys early in high school. And then dated two guys in college one and a half two can't be sure and (laughs) that's it so that was like three years ago though because I just graduated from college so it's been three years of no dating at all and here we are today oh my goodness so three years and so we're talking all about the cautious today do you feel like the cautious is you because you said you dated a little bit but do you still feel pretty cautious of relationships oh yes no the cautious is just I mean I didn't know you guys have been watching me my entire life and like recording before <laughs> so you probably should let people know when you're using them as a human study. But um, yeah, (laughs) it's just so spot on. It's insane. And even though I dated a little like dating before you can drive, I don't think like super counts. And then like dated a little in in college. But I think that even just shows like gave the cautious a place to come out of like being scared and being uncomfortable all the time around boys or men of any kind. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I was thinking because we had all the regional directors kind of take the quiz before it was even a quiz or we told them a little bit about each type. And I remember when you saying that you were the cautious, I just kind of didn't believe you. I don't know why I didn't believe you, but to me, like, I just wouldn't picture you as somebody who is maybe hasn't dated a lot or even has those types of insecurities. So I thought that was really surprising. True. You carry yourself with so much confidence and like you actually like totally know who you are on every level. So I love that. And I think that's true about the cautious. Like they're not, they don't have to be the girl that's just like shy and like doesn't talk or doesn't speak up. Like that's not who you are are at all. They just might be a little bit more nervous around the male (laughs) species. And speaking of, we want to know what has been your most awkward encounter with a guy. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. This is hard because, you know, many to choose from. I think it's also difficult because like blocked most of them out. Um, so got to really pull up some memories. I'm just going to tell you an abridged version of my first kiss story because Ooh, it was just like I love this. so cautious. It's insane. So I know you guys said a trademark of the cautious is maybe haven't been kissed or maybe didn't get kissed until college. I literally never kissed a boy until my freshman year of college new year's eve dun 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 i was watching what? yeah it might not be what you expect though i was watching rom-coms with my mom and my best friend rachel at home yeah so you know not wasn't planning on getting kissed i think i was like <laughs> sick i remember like just blowing my nose constantly like i was sick new year's eve watching Notting hill so really exciting and um it was like a weird turn of events to where my friend rachel is texting like um acquaintance friend guy and he was hanging out with his guy friend like one-on-one she and I were just hanging out one-on-one and with my mom and something happened to where he was like all right well you're hanging out with Hunter like on our way and I was like what and she doesn't clue me in until they're already on the way to my house and <laughs> naturally in my mind I'm like well the you know the what we're gonna do is clear we're just gonna hide until they leave <laughs> and no one's I love this. Not doing this, like absolutely not. So we're just sitting there finishing Notting Hill, watching Julia Roberts, like slay at life. And um, then there's headlights in my driveway. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do we do? What do we do? He comes to the door at this point. So these two guys are coming to the door, have literally said to Rachel, okay, we're coming to kiss you at midnight, blah, blah, blah. I'm having a panic attack. This makes 0% sense. Like, this is not a logical series of events. And then my mom realizes what is happening. And my mom is just not the cautious. You guys have met my mom. For all yeah, our so at, true. at one rock and shop girl is just not the cautious. She is like the flirt <laughs> to a T, the independent, yeah. like everything else. So she doesn't understand me or why I've never kissed a boy and I'm 19 years old. So she jumps up, runs to the door. I did the only next logical thing, jump up behind her, chase her through the house, try to tackle her so she doesn't open the door, can't get a hold of her. She gets to the door. I drop to my hands and knees. I'm not making this up. Like, I'm not exaggerating. I drop to my hands and knees, crawl to the guest bathroom, and lock myself in the bathroom. And they Oh, my goodness. No one knows where I am in my house. And so these two boys come into my house. And I knew them. It wasn't like strangers. But they come into our house. I'm hiding in the bathroom. At this point, I'm like, well, now I really can't come out because what am I doing? I'm hiding in the bathroom. So they come in. They're talking. It sounds like the coast is clear. My mom finds me. I come out. And we're just like talking. I was like, okay. They were just like bored. They just want to talk. Whatever. We're standing there. Eventually, one of them goes, all right. Well, we just came here for one thing. And I was like, Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> so the friend, like me and Rachel, are like trying to like, like just delay what's about to delay the inevitable. And the friend like text takes two steps towards Rachel, plant plants one on her right in front of me, and then like fist pumps, and it's like yeah. Oh and Ah, what's happening? I'm literally holding my dog as a doggy shield in front of my face. And then the guy who like came to kiss me, he was like, all right. And they're like, it's okay, Hunter. It's okay. I was like, nothing about this is okay. And he did kiss me. He it was like really short, really quick, like pack. I think our teeth like banged together. Like I remember hearing like the teeth <laughs> crack and that was that. And then they, they hung out a little bit and then left. And I was like, um, 
Well, there's that. So essentially, the moral of the story is so cautious to the point of hiding from my first kiss, tried to tackle my mom so that it wouldn't happen. And it uh, it still happened. And that was my freshman year of college. So, yep. <laughs> that is wow. I oh my can't goodness. believe that. That's like the most epic. Do you tell this story all the time? There was a season of life where I told that story all the time. Like, oh, I, yeah. Now that I hear this story, I've I feel heard like that, this story before yeah. at the at our when we were seniors and Hunter was a freshman, we had a game night that turned into go around and tell your most embarrassing story. And Hunter told oh, you told that story, yeah. didn't you? Yes. And that must have been I, fresh. I that mean, was fresh. I mean, yeah. That is- sure it was fresh and it to this day still probably the most embarrassing story that has to do with the guys. that is such I a good story it. though that's unreal it. like most entertaining story of the podcast season <laughs> goes to you that was so good um but I want to know so you haven't dated you are an amazing girl like I know that guys like you and all this stuff yes. so what do you think that it is that has kind of kept you from dating is there like this big fear around it or what do you think it is this is the question my grandma asks me every holiday. <laughs> she's like, what's wrong with you? No, just kidding. She's never said that. Um, but, you know, the thought process is there because, and I ask myself that too. So poignant question. I think like, especially in understanding it from the point of view of the cautious, like there really is so much fear around it for me. And like you said earlier, Ken's one that was really sweet. You're like, you're so confident. Like it's very confusing because for me, I am so confident and I'm so like, I know who I am and I like have amazing girlfriends and like I literally talk to people as a, for a living as a regional director. I'm like, I can, I've been on a million delight dates. I should be able to go on a regular yeah. date with a guy, but I don't know what it is about guys that I actually get so afraid. Like I'm talking, I get nervous when I walk into a coffee shop and all the coffee baristas are men. Like, I don't even want to look them in the eye. Like, and I, I wasn't like attacked as a child. Like, I don't know where this comes from, <laughs> uh, but it's just a lot of fear. And it's hard to pinpoint why or what specifically, but just like fear and nervousness in general, talking to guys, like don't really have guy friends, got a lot of great gal pals. And it's just like being content in the friendships you do have. I don't know. It's a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Um, okay. So I want to know, is there, are you ever like embarrassed about the fact that you haven't had much dating experience? Um, there definitely are those times when it comes up. Like I can, like, I'm literally going back in my mind to like times in high school and times like last fall where you're with a group of girls you maybe don't know as well. And everybody's like talking about dating or kissing or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I literally am just like, Oh no, like (laughs) I can like funny and like deflect it in funny ways. But yeah, I have like just so little to add to the conversation. Um, and like my close friends know that. And what's funny is most of my close friends are the cautious too. Like my best friends from college are the cautious. So we found each other and we said, we don't need no man. Like, let's <laughs> um, But yeah, it can be embarrassing because there's this sense in our culture of like, what's wrong with you? Why does nobody want you? Yeah. And even in the church, it's like such an emphasis on get married, have babies. Like that's such like a kind of archaic thing, but it's still so prevalent and just takes new modern forms. So yeah, there's definitely pressure around it and embarrassment and stigma if you are single and 23. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I want to know too, I think often, or one of the marks of the cautious is truly, um, 
kind of letting insecurities get the best of them and kind of like keep them from stepping into things like relationships. Do you feel like, I know it's hard to admit, especially on a podcast, (laughs) some of your insecurities, but what are those insecurities that like you often feel the weight of maybe like when you are seeing maybe a cute guy and you're like, oh, I'd love to talk to him, but you don't like, what are those insecurities in those moments that really kind of hold you back? I think for me and maybe for cautious, the cautious girls in general, like it almost is like my walls are so big and so deep that I can't even like pinpoint what the specific insecurities are, you know, like I don't even let myself get close enough to have a magnifying glass or like flashlight shown on them. Like, it's just like, if I keep you at you cute boy, who's not even looking at me, like at such a far distance and like in my head already create all the reasons it wouldn't work or like the reasons that, oh, he probably doesn't love Jesus. He probably has no ambition. Like I'm literally looking at a stranger and I'm making these assumptions because if I let myself like him or think something could happen, then I'm going to get let down again because like, I've yeah. been, you know, so it's almost like, I wish I could say like, here's what I'm insecure about. But honestly, I'm like seeking the Lord in that right now in the season of like, God, where <laughs> is this fear coming from? And like I said, like, I feel so secure in myself and every other way, but this area. And so it's not like, uh, for me and I'm sure everybody experiences it differently. And we all have insecurities. Like, I'm not saying I'm perfectly secure. Oh gosh, no, that's not what I'm saying. But like, it's just like, there's so much there. I can't pinpoint it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. And so wise to know, like to be able to say like there are insecurities there, but I've gotten really good at even hiding from myself, those insecurities. Yeah. And that is such a huge realization because I think that like leaves room for God to come in and be like, okay, let's identify what it is and take away even the walls that you've built up around your Mm -hmm. heart to protect yourself from seeing like the own truth in your, in your own heart. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And as she says that, like, is there something like, so it sounds like you have walls built up around it. And what would you tell yourself or other cautiouses? Like how, what's the first step to sort of address this fear or address these insecurities? Like what's like one way you feel like you can start, um, to let that wall fall down a little bit? Yeah, I think the first thing was honestly just like naming what it is and seeing it. Like, like you said, Mac, it's so easy to hide it from yourself that this is a very recent thing where I'm like, it's me, I'm afraid. And that's why I'm not putting any energy towards dating. I'm not pursuing it. I like, I know now as of like a month ago, I recognize it. Like no guys can get to know me or see me. I'm like, who I am is great. Why does no one like me? It's like, they can't see you because your wall's a mile high and like a mile deep and they can't get to you. Um, And so, but I think like that has taken a lot to be able to admit and say, because up until very recently, I'm like, all boys are stupid. They don't see how amazing I am. They don't see how amazing my friends are. And it's on them. But like, it's such a two-way street. And so I think for me, it's been like being like, okay, I'm not forgotten and I'm not like just looked over like I'm afraid and I'm not putting energy towards that. And the right guy is not just going to show up at my house in the middle of the night. Then he would be a robber. He would be like a criminal. (laughs) You'd be freaked out. Yes. Yeah. In every way. So I think you kind of have to combat that idea of like this perfect man should just airdrop into my life because God's like going to do that for me. And it has to be no, like you have to look at yourself and like, 
you have to take steps toward that if that's what you want and if that's what God's leading you towards, like pursuing a relationship. And so now I'm in the phase of like, I've identified I'm afraid and maybe insecure, probably insecure, but like, I don't know what they are. And I really have to work through that with the Lord, but you can't get to that place of working through or taking steps towards a healthy relationship or towards just healthy dating until you name what is even there and stop blaming everyone else and every boy in the world. Yeah, that's really good. That's so really good. good advice. I think that's really true for the cautiouses too, because they just like hide it all and they don't even want to face it or name it. So that's so good. What a good first step. And speaking of, do you even like talk to your friends or do you talk to people about like how you wish you found love or could find love? Like, do you ever open up to your community about this? Um, it's definitely harder than most things. Like having been in delight for a minute now, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at like that vulnerability muscle. But this is like, I feel like the thing that you're like the most ashamed about or the thing that you really struggle the most, you keep the most hidden. So like, this is my thing. That's like the back layer of vulnerability for me. And there's not a lot of people I like go there with, um, before this podcast. Um, but like my close (laughs) friends who I mentioned are mostly cautious, like they get it. And we, so we just like to complain together about it. Um, but I remember one year, one week, senior year of delight, I led a story and it ended up being about how I'm like, yeah, kind of my biggest thing I struggle with is like my singleness. And that's like hard, even sometimes in my relationship with the Lord. And I remember like, that was the well, not the first time, but like a really big time I was afraid to share and delight. And like, your girl loves to talk, your girl loves to get real, but like, that's what scared me was admitting that. So yeah, it's definitely harder um, than most things. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think we've talked so much about kind of, you know, the cautious being able to to hold relationships at arm's length, even though maybe they really have this desire. Yeah. But I think there's also so much beauty to the cautious and so much good that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like all the cautious women I know, like really embrace their singleness and whether they're like fully with it in their heart, uh, but they really do amazing things with their singleness. So what purpose like have you seen in God having you single through all this time? Like how has your life and your story looked different because of it? Oh, good question. I think it definitely depends on the day, like just the idea of like singleness and um, especially being single for most of college when like my whole life, I thought that's when I would like date and get married. Cause that's like when my parents dated and got married and like everybody else's parents, I know, you know, that kind of thing. So being in college and being like, why is it not happening? Um, was hard, but then you kind of look back and see, like, I still feel so young. And I, we just talked about the other day with my mom, how she was my age when she got married and she was like, she was like, I don't feel like you're ready to get married. I was like, I don't feel like I'm ready to get married. Like I have just grown. <laughs> so much. And like, I know people who got married our sophomore year of college and I I am like a radically different person than I was my sophomore year of college in every good way. Like I feel more of the woman I was created to be. I feel more of the woman that God is just continuing to make me into. I've gotten to just explore my passions and purposes with like no ties and like just full abandon after what the Lord has. And they're just totally, I've come to learn, they're just totally, totally, totally are pros to being single that go away when you're in a relationship. Like 
I graduated college and moved literally to the other side of the country without like a second thought. And if I was married, um, I'd have to have a second thought. Like I'd have to consider someone else in my yeah. life plans. But like, this is a time of life when I just get to think about me and God. And do I, am I always grateful for that? No. But sitting here thinking of it, like when I look back and I'm 80, I'm going to be like, H, yeah, that was the best. All I had to worry about was like feeding myself and getting myself to the beach or like getting myself to like work or whatever it was. Um, and God has like so used it. And in the times when I get mad at God, of which there are many um, for this subject of being single, like I so often sense that he's like, baby girl, this is the protection you didn't even know you needed. And like, this is just a refinement that is going to catapult you later. Um, yeah. Yes. So much, so many good things about this season that you have to remind yourself of, or the enemy can just steal every ounce of like goodness out of it because our society kind of fosters that, you know, like we're yeah. saying about stigma of being single, that kind of thing. Totally. Okay. I'm just curious, how much do you feel like you like think about guys and are like desperate to find somebody or anxious about your singleness and looking around trying to find somebody and how much are you like spend time in confidence in your singleness? Like, do you feel like you spend a lot of time thinking about it or not so much? Um, again, it totally depends like on the day, like there will be like a month where I'm like single and feeling myself, like doing other things, don't care. Like truly, like, it's just crazy how it's something you can just like, is not there at all. And then there will be months where it's like, I cannot escape this thought if I tried. And like, the Bible says, take every thought captive, but like, I am captive to the fact that I am single. Like, you know, like it just, it so depends on the day. And that might be like me being too run by my emotion. Um, but it just like, it so comes and goes. And I think everybody has things like that, that they struggle with. And this is just mine. Like, this is my thing that no matter how many times I've prayed about it, no matter how many times I've like been set free from it in different ways, like it comes back in new ways. Um, so I definitely think about that. And I definitely, and thinking about, it. and it's funny when you're like the cautious and you're thinking about it so much and you've like romanticized about it so much and you, dream about it, daydream about it, have planned out your life and your 2.5 kids. But then like a man walks into the room and I literally want to vomit and die. Like what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's very <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so, I think that's just such a true thing. It's like in our minds, we can make it out to be this thing. And then like actually putting into action feels like a whole other ball game that you're just not even sure you want to enter into. And so I think something too is, um, just for, for women out there, I feel like there are so many cautious out there. I think we've said it already that that's the second most popular type. And there's just this like lie out there that if you don't date, you're weird or it's not normal or you're behind or, um, you're, it's going to mess up your ability to date in the future. And so I think there's so many women out there who have really started to believe that. And I don't know where we're getting the message from, um, but so many women who like feel the shame or feel the pressure of that every single day. And so like what encouragement has encouraged you in this or like what would you want to speak over women who are just kind of sick of feeling like they're behind? Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, I think about this literally all the time. Um, well, if you think about it, like 
in throughout the history of just society in the world like never before has there been a time when it's okay for women to be single like it's not your fault that you feel like you have to get married all of mankind for all of human history since the garden of eden or whatever you believe was the beginning of earth like have said women need to get married have children that is how our human race has continued so it's not your fault that you feel that way like it's okay yeah. you've been told that by every platform your whole life and like on the other side of that like I think it also is a beautiful thing that God desires for us. Um, most of us, not all of us. And so that's okay. Like, it's okay to feel that. Like, it's like, you feel shame that you're single, then you, that you're single. Then you feel shame that you feel shame about being single. Like it's such a spiral. So first of all, it's okay. Um, and second of all, like, how cool is it to think like, oh my gosh, people just used to go from being sons and daughters to being mothers and fathers. And like, it's a very weird thing. I was reading a book about this. Like there's studies being done about how it's this crazy thing where we have this time now in between that. And like, like I'm in that right wow. now you're in that right now of like this, like young adulthood situation is very new. And so it's kind of just like on a macro level, so cool to get to be a woman who gets to be single living by herself pursuing a career like those are hard won victories that women have fought for like for so long so it's kind of cool when you zoom out and you're like okay what was me and then you zoom out and you're like no this is like an opportunity not only from god but just at the place our society is at um and then like the other thing i forget the original question but just talking about like encouragement is like you got to come to this place with the lord of god if I never get married if I never date, if I never get to have kids, if I never get to have a house, if I never get to be a grandma, all the things that go with it, like I will still follow you and I will still praise you and I will still trust you. And like, you're probably gonna have to come to that question more than once. I have to, like, you're like, yes, Lord. And then a year later, you're like, no, Lord, like <laughs> give it to me. Um, but like, it is just not the end all be all. It's just not. Okay. And the church has told us it is, society's told us it is, your grandma, your weird aunt Carrie, everyone has told you it's the end all be all, but it's not. And you are more than enough on your own. Like you bear the full image of God on your own. God is going to use your life. God is going to use you to be everything he created, created you to be on your own. Like you are complete in Christ. Like you don't need someone else to complete you. That's like the stupidest cliche that I hate the most in the world. It's like, you do not need yeah. someone you you are complete in Christ. And that sounds cheesy, but it's true. And it's just because it's true doesn't mean it's easy. Like I literally was just saying, I think about dating all the time and like, I've been single for three years and it's like, you have to, um, I don't know, just get to that place of continual surrender to the Lord. And it's not easy, but it's what we're called to. And God just promises to be with us. And he promises so many beautiful things, but a husband is just not one of them in the Bible. So like, can you, can you still follow God if that is not going to happen for you? And you got to come to that over and over again. And it's hard, but it's so good. And you're so going to be okay on your own and you're going to have fulfilling relationships and you're going to have family. You're going to have all the things in the world. Um, even yeah. if not, that's so good. And I love even you talking about earlier your community around you 
And I think that we oftentimes by like so desiring relationships and like thinking this is going to complete us and all this stuff, we, we dismiss the beauty of like what we have around us right here and right now, because truly like being single and, um, you know, whether you're in college or whether you're a young adult or whatever it is, like the moments you get with your friends as a single woman look really different than like moments with friends and relationships. Like I think about my friends that get married and those friendships shift a little. And so I think like the beauty of the community we have here now, like really being able to live into the moments and like accept them and celebrate them rather than always being like, oh, what was me? I'm missing something in my life. Like honor the friendships you have in your life right now. Honor like truly where God has you because I think that shifts like just the way you approach it. You have so much more joy and you're not always like watching and waiting to see if this <laughs> one thing you want is going to unfold. So that's so good and so encouraging. I know for so many cautious out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And one more thing with that, you're making me think about something that God has brought me back to over and over again. Um, recently especially has been like marriage is just another way to live this life like it is not the only way like singleness is a valid way to live life and I think we have to do just as women in general like a lot of work understanding what marriage is and understanding what a healthy way to do that and um like when you understand that it's not going to make you happy it's not going to solve all your problems it's not going to erase loneliness from your life. It's not going to erase like financial burden from your life. It's not going to erase sadness from your life. Like then it's kind of like, well, what's the point? Like, it's like, okay, yeah, great and beautiful, but it is not like superior to being single. And I was just listening to actually another podcast the other day about all these women talking about how hard marriage is. And I was like, "Mm, why do we want this so bad? Like, (laughs) yes, don't get me wrong. Like, I, do I still want to? Yes. Do I still believe it is a beautiful gift of God? Yes. Do I believe that? So is singleness also? Yes. And then they all have their own pros and cons and are valid. So good. I love that. Okay. I want to know, do you talk to the Lord much about your dating life? Like, do you let him into that area of your heart? Also, do you pray for your future husband? I want to know all about your communication with the Lord when it comes to your dating life. Yes. Poor Jesus. He has to listen to me complain about this constantly. Good thing he's patient. (laughs) Um, But, oh yeah, for sure. I think, especially since it's been something I've struggled with for like years, it feels almost embarrassing to be like, Hey God, I'm back to this again. But like, he already knows. Um, and I think we do that with so many other areas of our life we struggle with. Like I want to be like, no, got past it. Check the box. I'm perfect on my way to perfection, like <laughs> done. But no, you come back to the same things around again and again. And I know God is not surprised by that and is not tired of teaching me the same lessons over and over about my completeness in God. So, um, yeah, talk to God about it all the time. Complain about it. Yell at God. Just have very <laughs> honest conversations with God. You got to be honest. You can't be honest with God. And who are you being honest with in your life? Let's be real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. And so what praying looks like, like honestly depends on the day. Some days my prayers are like, Jesus, give him to me now, or I'm going to throw a fit. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a legitimate prayer option. Um, sometimes my prayers are like, Lord, like, just make me so patient. Like I'm ready to wait, like whatever, whatever. And I mean it in the moment, but then the next day I'm like, give him to me now was one day not enough. Um, that was patience for me. Um, (laughs) sometimes prayers are like, 
I feel like everyone talks about like praying for your future husband. I don't know what they mean by that. I don't know what I'm supposed to be praying for him. I don't know him. I don't really talk to guys. I don't know what guys need. So I don't know what to pray for him. But I feel like what I pray is like when God teaches me something really good, I just am like, God, I pray you're teaching this dude out there. I don't know this too. Like, and I don't know if that's helpful for him because I'm sure he's not going through the same things I am, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, God, like your forgiveness is so good. Like I pray you're teaching my future husband that too. Or like, Lord, I'm just experiencing your peace so much right now. Like I pray he just knows your peace and knows your depth. Um, yeah. And definitely just praying. I mean, how specific can you pray for someone you don't know? I don't really know, but I just kind of make it up as I go and pray when it comes to mind for, the future husband situation. But um, yeah, God and I have to talk a lot about where I'm at on that spectrum because it is yeah. a struggle. I love that. I love how like authentic of a conversation you're having with him. Like, and that's the way that we really should. Like, that's like what real intimacy with the Lord looks like is when we're like, this sucks or like, <laughs> I'm so impatient or I wish it wasn't this way. Yeah. And just being honest and like sharing with him, like, what the raw areas, the really sensitive, the really like, like sad pieces of your heart when it comes to that, that stuff. It's just so good and so important. And it gives him opportunity to build like more confidence in that. So, so good. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. I think so often we think about praying for your future husband and hearing this, we think of this like perfect prayer and I love just the imperfection of your prayers. I think that's really awesome that we don't have to come with this five-step plan to pray for your future husband or to pray over it. it can truly be just like an authentic, real, messy, intimate conversation with the Lord. And um, even I need a reminder of that because I'm freaked out by that. So I'd rather just not. So I like that it yeah. doesn't have to be perfect. I needed that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So we want to ask you one last question. We've been asking everybody this question. Um, it's truly marking just what we're doing with this podcast and everything. So we want to know, Hunter, how are you right here and right now preparing for your future love story? Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like it goes back to so many things I've already said of just like having to continually surrender. And I don't want anyone to think that I am like, I have not arrived at this. Like I said, every other day is a new battle to surrender just the idea of marriage and dating and men and babies and whatever to the Lord. And so like how I'm preparing for my future love story, like if I get to the end of this life and I am like still single and always was like, I want to be praising the Lord. And like, I just want to be so in tune with what God says and is saying to me and teaching me that I like actually live it out and um, let God be enough for me if that is his will for me. And if it's not like, I pray that I am like a new, not a new, but like a healthy marriage. Like I don't want an unhealthy marriage. I've seen it go south and it's just not worth it. Y'all it's not the end all be all like, don't get into one if you're doing it just because you don't want to be single. Like it's not worth it. Um, and so like to prepare for that, I just want to like be honest about what it is and what it isn't. Um, And yeah, just keep seeking the Lord and seeking that surrender. And I want to be an 80 year old woman with gray hair, like praising God, no matter what happened in my life. And this is like at the top of that list. So I don't know if that's an answer to your question of how to prepare for it, but it gets just surrender over and over and over and over. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Like for the cautious, I'm sure their singleness is just such a point of like, um, I don't know, it could spark this like 
while fear anger towards the Lord and you're just like totally reverting that by being like, no, I'm not going to be angry. Like if I'm like 45 and single, I'm going to be praising you. I'm going to be thanking you and like totally reverting that thought process and those feelings is like exactly what, um, every cautious should, should begin to do and start to surrender. So I love it. So good. Like, Yeah. And it's also like, I want to be a healthy person and I want to have healthy relationships with my family, my friends. Like if it's a significant other, him too, like I want to be healthy. And so kind of going way back to what we were talking about before of like doing the work in yourself of what is this fear? Where am I? Like we all have it in different places, fear, insecurity, shame, like working through that, working through that in therapy with the Lord in journaling in whatever, like, I just want to be a healthy hunter and I want whatever relationships I have to be healthy and like just honest and reflecting the Lord. And so it's like in your singleness, what better time to go deeply within yourself with God and with trusted other people to kind of work out some of the junk we all have. Um, and I think that prepares you better for your relationship with God, with others, with a man one day, who knows, but yeah, yeah. work through your junk, work through your fear. It's so hard, but it's so good. It's part of this like whole life with Jesus thing. I think. Yeah, that's so good. So good. We're all going to be building or on this. What is the other word? That word? We're going to be deconstructing our walls. I like <laughs> Had it. to get that word out. <laughs> taking them down one yeah. by one. Brick by brick. We're <laughs> taking them down so that we can get close to the Lord. And then who knows, maybe one day Hunter will meet that special guy and we'll get the invite to the wedding and oh, we'll wow. have a great time on the dance floor. I can't wait already. Wedding. Let's be real. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Honor. I love it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right, Hunter. Well, this was so fun. You shared so much wisdom and encouragement for the cautious. We're so thankful for you. Thanks for being here. Thank you guys. Love you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of For the Girl. If you want to know more about discovering your dating personality or the how to prepare for your future love story book, go to www.delightministries.com slash for the girl. If you're in college and looking for a Christ-centered community on your campus, go to www.delightministries.com slash delightchapters to join or start a delight chapter on your campus. Special thanks to our executive producer, Sam Gidley, for making this episode happen and for listening to all things for the girl. See See you next week. week.